Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. to the third edition of Blue Noise, the Birmingham City podcast brought to you by us here at Birmingham Live. I'm blues writer Brian Dick and I'm thrilled to present you all with an exclusive interview with new blues boss Gary Monk. The 39-year-old took time out from a hectic international break to speak to us from his office at the sunny Wast Hills, uh, where he discussed the first couple of weeks in the job and how he's desperate to take the club forward. He detailed the work he's done with the players on the pitch and the things he's been doing off it as well to lift the mood not just of the players but the people in all the departments at Wast Hills. He once again emphasised the connection between the team and the supporters and there's a couple of nice anecdotes about a team bonding session during which the staff and the players went go-karting. Listen out for which Blues player he'd like to be least like to be driven home by. I hope you find it instructive and enjoyable. Here's Gary Monk. <laughs> You've been here a couple of weeks now, Gary. What what have you found, and, and has it has it met, met with your expectations of what you expected to find? Um, yeah, look, I've been pleased. I've been. Um, I think we knew coming in here the situation was difficult, and it is still difficult. Um, and it's a big challenge, but yeah, coming in here and straight away from day one, what, you know, of course, addressing the players first of all, and getting a better understanding of them face-to-face and out on the pitch face-to-face with them. I've been yeah, very pleased with them. The attitude and commitment is one of the first things I said to them. You know, you know, sorry to, to you guys uh, after that Middlesbrough game was, I think they're really committed to what needs to be done. You know, they understand the work and the position they're in. They're all very clear, but um, yeah, to work with them face-to-face has been yeah, very pleasing. And um, staff as well. Um, as I said, the first thing to do is to lift the mood, and naturally, with a not a, not a season that you know is going your way and it's against you, and you're in this type of position, naturally confidence is low, and the atmosphere can be a little bit lower than what it should be, you know. But yeah, you know, so we've done some work with the players and the staff, um, as we were talking just before, and um, and yeah, everyone's responded so far, and that's good. It's good to get that response, and then of course the be all and end all is the results at the end of it. So um, we're hoping, but the key is all of that helps build that and helps give you a better chance of. Of those results, the work you do on the pitch, the atmosphere off it, the, the environment. I want to talk a lot about the environment that you're working in. Has to be really a, of a high standard and positive. So everyone's taking that on board. Everyone's trying to do their bit, and we still understand it's a, a really difficult situation. But um, just that added bit of atmosphere, added bit of confidence. The result on Saturday helps lift that again. And international week, which is important because it can be a long time if you go into it with that loss and. And loss of confidence, it can be a bit of a drag. But um, you know, going into it with a good win, a good performance, um, has helped lift the you know the standard again. And that's what we need to keep trying to do and, and keep building that. Yeah, if it, 
I think a lot of people have felt this 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 season is that obviously so much money was spent on some good players. I mean, no, don't think many people would dispute that the quality of the players wasn't an improvement, but they weren't be, they weren't playing to their potential either individually or as a team. Is is basically has been a task of getting them to play closer to the players they should be. Yeah, of course, and and that's been a mental mental thing. Yeah, sure. it's a, yeah, of course it is. It's a bit of everything, and. You know, I can understand it as well in, in a certain ex- you know, extent that, again, similar to my experience at Leeds, where you know, a lot of change over a manager, a lot of different messages, comings and goings, that type of thing. And um, so the focus was, you know, coming in here was to, that we can't work how we would normally work. Do you know what I mean? Have a, a, a bigger pitch and a bigger plan. Do you know what I mean? That you'd set out from day one and generally have a pre-season to put that standard in and then build it from there. Is um, yeah, working to a really short-term plan, which is really the foundations that you'd put in, and, and really we just focused on on that, really simplifying it and making it for the players because we know the talent, they've got the capabilities. They shouldn't, you know, with the capabilities and the squad, they shouldn't be anywhere near where we are. But we are where we are, so we have to deal with the reality. And, and I think everyone knows the reality. Everyone knows the situation, how difficult it is, and how difficult it's going to be in these remaining games. But um, just freeing them up in their minds a little bit, that mentality. Um, that we're in a, a scrap for our lives. You know, that's how you have to look at it. That's the mentality we try to put in from day one. Have that plan with them. We're really clear with it. This is how we're going to work. This is what we're going to work on. This is your role within that work. You know, these are your positions you're fighting for, and these are what we expect from your positions. And make that really, really clear. And then go out and train that constantly going through it. Is um, yeah. Hopefully that helps the players and. I said in the free games and, and every day in training, the response has been really, really good, and that that's what gives us the confidence that, you know, although it's a difficult task, that if we stick to that and go through it, and even with the ups and downs, I'm sure there will be in these remaining games that we can we can do enough to to get to where we want it, which is, is safety. I, th- I think they've, they've always known the players to be fair to them that they have yeah. been in a scrap because they've been in a scrap for a, yeah. a year and a half nearly, yeah. yearly now. Um, but, but it's about approaching that scrap in. in in either a negative mindset where, where you're fearful or a positive mindset. Now you you came straight in and played two up top and, and put a bit bit of responsibility on just having two central midfielders. Why did why did you feel that was the, the, the way to go? Um, yeah, it's, it's all part of the the message and the plan, the positive message of you know you just said you can look at it two ways. It can be groundhog day. And we're going through the motions and we're going through the same thing. Yeah, we're fighting and we're committed, but we're kind of expecting the outcome to be negative. Or you can look at it as a challenge and meet it head on. And that's kind of the attitude we did. So I've set up in that way in these first games for um, you know, trying to promote that front foot. You know, let's, if we're gonna if we're gonna do this, we have to go and take the initiative. You know, we have to take the initiative and game. And it's not going to be that we're going to be able to, like Saturday, control the whole game and be on the front foot for the whole game. We are going to suffer moments and, and situations in these remaining games where it's against us and periods against us where we can't get them. But if we've got the mindset to try and fight for that front foot and fight for that initiative, then um, for me, that's a better way to do it than, you know, as I said, going through the motions and going through, yeah, we're going to put some effort and we're going to put some hard work. but. Is that enough? No, we have to have put the mindset with it as well, and yeah. and the standard to. If there's something, you give me a bell. Yeah. The standard to um. To push for more, you know, that's what it should be as a team. You should have that anyway as a team. So, uh, I felt obviously in this situation, that's the way I want to 
try and pick it and, and push it that way. And, and as I said, the response has been great. I think see them fighting to try and not just do the work and commit to it, but the mentality that needs to go with it in, in these games. So um, that's vitally important. It's, it's huge. Because that's transmitted itself to the fans as well, I think. I yeah. they've, they've seen you go two up top and they, they've automatically felt more positive about the occasion. Yeah. Do you sense that? Yeah, and they've been fantastic. I've, one of the first things I said was that if we're going to do this, it has to be everyone in Birmingham together, not just everyone here, you know, players and staff. It needs to be everyone connected, the city itself, and, and um, they've shown massive support. I really can't thank them enough, you know, in terms of when I was unveiled and, and from that point onwards to my staff and everyone, they've been massive, massive wishes. When I've, I bumped into Birmingham fans walking around the city as well, I had a a look around the city as well when even though I haven't had that much time but I've gone out and had some food and grabbed a coffee or something when I could and you bump into loads of Birmingham fans so having chats with them and the key is you can see the passion and all it's like you know everyone's got a passion for their own clubs and you can see the passion for this club and and it's going to be vital Saturday was brilliant I thought it was brilliant I still think there's more in them you know I really do I think I've seen it where it's been rocking you know and Saturday was very very good but I still think there's more in them I still think there's you know I saw people going for a burger five minutes before half time and I've seen a couple and I understand the weather was freezing and now all those things and I've seen a couple leaving just before the end but nah if you want food eat before or bring a packed lunch and um, and stay right to the end do you know what I mean that's what it's going to take it takes that commitment if and it's the commitment from the players is number one for sure to show that but I think it needs that level of of commitment, so they've, they've been brilliant. But I think there's even more to come from them as well. So I'm looking forward to that. What was the players' response when you said to them, "We're going two up top. We're going with just the two central midfielders." Well, they got no choice. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, no, but look, I think if you make it very clear, do you know what I mean, and, and you make them understand um, the benefits of what we're going to do and how we do it, if we get it right, mm. do you know what I mean, if we can get the majority of it right, what we can do. And, what it will allow us to do and I think then go out and train and let them see it for themselves and understand it then that's what breeds confidence and of course you need the games to to ultimately see it do you mean to feel that okay this could get us this and but yeah again the response and speaking to the players and under you know I think they can see the benefit of that clarity you know they understand now okay I need to be working in this way and this is the type of situations we want to try and get ourselves to defensively and offensively and um and that's been the, the good thing what I'm talking about, the response. So they know that if we do it right, you saw it Saturday, if we get the majority of it right. Um, and a lot of people, it's very difficult to judge that type of game because we're, we're whole poor to a certain extent. But did we allow them to be anything more than poor? Like, you know, I don't, I don't think we did. So that's all we worry about. That's all we care about. I think we got the game just about just right, you know, for us. And we did a stranglehold on it from, from the whole game. And it's not going to be that way every single game. but. Again, as proof to the players, if we get it right, you know, just what you can do and what it allows you to do, you know, to be able to win games. So that was a good. That was probably the bigger reason than three points was the ultimate, but a big reason of that game, which was a positive, was the fact that they could see the work that we've been asking. I think you've seen it in the three games, um, but that game it came out and it got the right result and it got the good goals and it got the chance. It had everything in it, didn't it? So. I think that that's that's the real positive from that it's game. It's a virtuous circle, isn't it? Because the more yeah. they the more they see it, the more they believe. Yeah. The more you yeah. the way they get you put trust, yeah. they put trust in you. And I think they can understand from the three games, you know, like Middlesbrough game was a very even game. If anything it was a draw game, yeah. really. Um 
the Cardiff game we saw that in the first half, even though we didn't play particularly bad, you know, it wasn't a, a bad performance, but we didn't quite do a few things that we should have done right. What happens? And then this short, you saw second half a bit more when you get a few more of those things better, you know, what you can do. And then, um, and then Saturday was more of the complete one where you get it right for the majority of the time. Look what happens, you know, and yeah, that was important. That's what's been important from the three games, but we know ultimately it's, it's points that, that matter and, and we need to get as many as possible. And that's why it's, um, we need many more performances and, and three points like we got on Saturday. How do you see the situation in the, in the, t at the table now? Look, it's, of course we all know where we are. Um, I don't think you can predict what you need. I think it's going to be a week-to-week -week thing, and yeah. you know, to understand what's going to be needed and what's what. But if I'm honest, I'm not even. I've, again, with the players, I'm not even focused on that. We have to just, like we have been doing, focus on ourselves. You can't worry about everyone else. You know, they're going to do what they're going to do. We have to worry about what we're going to do, and in each game, just isolate and focus our maximum on it. And like I said, this, these two weeks here are on the things that we need to do, but it's all geared for Ipswich. We won't talk about anything else about then the three points that against Ipswich, and we've already started that message literally straight after the final whistle against Hull, and it's been a constant this week. So um, everyone else will be what they'll be. We have to just focus on ourselves. We know if we do our job and we can get enough points, then yes, we can get safe. But it's, it's a big ask, it's a big challenge. But as I said, our mentality is to go and go and embrace it rather than fear it. Yeah. What? Can you put any flesh on the on the skeleton as, as to what, what you what you've tried to do this week and, and what you what you'll look at next week in terms of a bit of a detail? Yeah, so um, th this week's been more rounding off the things that we need to work on as a team. So like I try and again, the simple plan was is focused on three things defensively and three things offensively. So it's not ten things here and ten things there or wherever it may be. Um, I think obviously the defensive shape and. Um, a certain way to defend in certain areas to get us on the front foot and then um, obviously set pieces, those type of things, very simple but fundamentals. And then offensively is yeah, counter-attacks, certain crossing situations that we face, certain collective attacks which means from any build-up that we do, make it very clear how we want it to look and of course offensive set pieces. So stuff that you'd expect but they are the foundations of a, of a football team and then what you tend to do if you had a normal process is pop those foundations really clear so they're there and, and make sure that they get to a good level and then you add more intricate bits on top of that so we've just stripped it back to the foundation phase I call it the foundation phase of yeah. how we work and you can put different systems in that but right now we're focused on that if Ipswich is going to be the same system we've had a look at them so it could be something different but we'll see but I think it's just clarity and everything you know and that really simple foundation stuff that we're doing right now and this week's been refining those things and then next week could be a little bit more tapered towards obviously what we're going to face against Ipswich. Have you had any, given any sort of time to, to get together as a group or anything? Yeah we went, um, yeah important, it's one of the, obviously I had a meeting with the, the players and I think the feeling was that um, from their part, from their side of it, um, that they didn't do enough stuff together. Right. So. Um, so yeah, we took them to go-karting yesterday, um, but we made it competitive. The key is to win, do you know what I mean? So we're trying to push that message of winning and the, and the mentality to win. So, And it was great staff and players, we all went, and um, it was competitive. <laughs> it was actually really competitive. It was a bit of, 
yeah underhand tactics going on I think but um, stuff you wouldn't accept on the, on, on the, on the, yeah, road, on the open road I think <laughs> I was guilty of a little bit of that as well so I can't really complain but um, but no it was great it's about as I said that uni you know yeah. and trying to build that spirit and keep that spirit high and um, and yeah we're working very hard and we're very focused on what we need to do but you also need to have a a release as well you know and, and that release comes you know in different ways so in terms of time frames and finding what we could do you know go kind it was local it was something that we could all do and after the training in the morning and then uh, but the key was we made it competitive and everyone enjoyed it and it was good to see you see the personalities come out you know and it's getting to know the players a little bit better you know as well and you, often it can be from little things like that and of course we have other things planned that you know that we can do together as a staff and as players and just to keep trying to build that and, and again seeing more and more of their personality because you see their personalities out here but sometimes you can tell a lot more as well from players when you see them in a different environment so um, yeah but of course the main focus is yeah is here but they, as I said they've they've responded really well and the standards been very good so far and but we need to keep pushing that and judging judging from what you saw in the go-karts who would you least like to be driven home by oh. um, well, we had Kai, the club doctor, who was, um, I think, she was a bit driving Miss Daisy, so the lads were giving her a little bit of, but bless her, we couldn't blame her. She was, um, but when the race comes, she was good. Um, Craig Gardner was one of the most aggressive drivers I've ever seen. I think he would be pulled over by the police every two every two miles if you drove home like that. But they're all, uh, they're, it was quite, but you can often tell, can't you, the different characters. Some of the speed demons, some are, cautious some just want to smash everything that they see and stuff like that so it was good it was good who um, won um so we were in teams so obviously we did a competition for the players um i think it was it was actually whose team finished first i have to get the names i've got the names written down somewhere it was i can't remember what actual team, what actual team won who was the captain i can get it for you i can i can work it out but it was a team that, that won and a second and third place, and yeah, but um, no, it was good, it was good, yeah, enjoyed it, yeah, yeah. I think all the players enjoyed it, staff, yeah, it was good. And you've, April is such a busy month now, isn't it? I mean, you basically get no time to, to look over your shoulder at all. If, if you, is, it, is that all, is it all plotted out already in terms of every session and you know what you'll do, what downtime you can have, and, and how much work you can do? And, or plan to that minute detail now. Yeah, and I think you know it was part of the plan coming in. You know, trying organisation is a big thing. You know, again to lead to that clarity, not just on the pitch, but clarity for everyone. Part of that is the organisation. So I try and work where we will know two two weeks, a month in advance, all the times where we are, how we, you know, not the detail of the training, but the times and organisation for staff players. Again, I felt that was an important thing to to come in and do and. And then, of course, we know as a staff within that exact day, the planning of that day, how we're going to work, what we're going to work on. And I think the only thing then that leaves you open to is, is you're dictated by the players that you have available to you. Yeah. And, of course, any given day that can change in any moment. So, um, Or from a game, it can change any moment. But, yeah, it's all planned and, mm. and done. And um, Yeah, I've got that. That's vitally important. But not just for us, the, the staff that know how we work, but for the other staff that coming in here who haven't worked with us to give them a clear idea and plan of of what we do and how we're going to work and what's expect, how, how everyone else works with that and in their, in their roles they play at the club. So yeah, that organisation is part of the clarity 
that you need to have, I think. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. And um, I know it's a, I knew coming in here it's a big challenge, but I said all from the start, I'm the type of, of guy that, I've always, felt, I've always thought like that, I've always thought, um, I've always thought about, you know, take the challenge head on. I don't want to do this job. I don't want an easy option. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, I've just never been that way, so it's. I think you can tell from the jobs I've done so far that it's, each one's been a challenge for different reasons and different different stuff, but that, that's how I want it. Um, and yeah, and I saw this is a big, big challenge, you know, but I think if you can see through all that fog and, and you can see something better at the other side and you know, possibility the other side and that's always the, the tangible bit that, that you get your teeth into, isn't it? But do you see that here? Yeah, I do. You know, it's, it's part of it. It's, of course, there's that ambition for the for the future of it as well. Like I said, it's a big club. It's a historic club. It's got a huge fan base. It's got all the right ingredients. Yeah, that needs a little bit of guidance and a little bit of help and, and a little bit of things for this to go forward. But I see more than enough ingredients here like to to be something good, mm. you know, and I think it has been, you've seen in the past when it's good, mm. what, it, what it can be. Um, and I guess that's always the the thought in your mind when you take a job is, is can you get it to a level where possibly it's been in the past and, you know, when you come to a big club and you, you've seen what the history's been and what it can be, you know, it gives you that taste, can you help try and get it back to that position, you know, but it takes a lot of work and, you know, I said I'm a realist as well, I understand from my point of view, how long that takes and what it might be, but like I said, it's this I can't think beyond this part right now. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's the huge, all my focus is on this, but the ambition, of course, is you know getting through this. And if we can get through this and, and get ourselves safe, so that what it could be going forward is, is something that could be great for everyone. We spoke about this before the takes went on. I think everyone would would love to know that there was there was something that was going to be. In control, both sides of the summit, you know, would span whatever happens this this week, this in the next eight games. Yeah, but no, no. can you even in a position where you were able to give any assurances about what side, who will be in charge? And I don't, think it's, ever, I don't think it's ever for the manager to give the assurances, is it? But, um, but from your side, no. But look, yeah. my, my ambition coming here—that's it's why I signed the, the deal. I signed is my ambition is. Uh, I, my focus is now because yeah. uh, you know it's all hands on deck, and I can't get beyond that. It'd be wrong with me to think beyond that. But like in terms of um, in terms of my focus, I mean. But I came here for the reason of the ambition to go forward and the ambition to, like I said, take this club. And I, I think there can be something very good at this club. I think there can be something put in place, and with a little bit of guidance and, and hard work together with the owners and myself and the staff and all those people, I think that's why I've come here. Yeah. But I realise the challenges here and now and. But I'm up for that. I'm up for that challenge. We all are, and um, we need to give everything that we got to get through that. And like I said, to get to that point where it's it's something good that can get put in place. And um, and that's my that's my driving force behind it is um, is to get through this and and get to that long term, you know, that ambition to take this club forward to put something good in place. So that's really what I would say about it. So that's what I've come here for. And that's what I'm you know I'm here for. I'm not here for anything else. It's, it's, it's as simple as that, really. Going to pressure you a little bit here, even if it, even if that going forward means stepping back first into League One. Well, look, if it, I can't, I don't want to think like that because it's, yeah, I, I don't want to think defeatist. Do you know what I mean? But I understand what you're saying. Yeah, but, of course. 
my mindset's not like that. My mindset is, I've got to trust myself, I've got to trust my ability and the staff and these players and the club that we can get through this. So if it comes to that, we'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. But as I said, my ambition coming here, no matter what, is, you know, I want to try and put something good in place at this club. That's my ambition. You know, other things will dictate that. Do you know what I mean? In terms of, from other, I can't dictate other influences or anything like that, but my ambition is to put something good in this place. So that hasn't changed, do you know what I mean, in my mind, and it's not going to change up to the end of the season. My only, but my only heart and soul part of it is, is on making sure that we give ourselves the best opportunity to be safe and, and then build something good. Slight, slight change of tack. Did you always see yourself becoming a football manager? I, I did from probably about 26, but I didn't probably envisage it in the way it came. Yeah, um, I don't think anyone could have envisaged no. those circumstances, could they? But I'd always planned to go into coaching and, and I wanted to be a manager. You know, I knew I knew I wanted to go into coaching first, but I knew management was where I wanted to be. Uh, I enjoyed the responsibility. I've always taken responsibility, so it's the natural position is a manager to have that responsibility, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought the path would be totally different than what I took, but I wouldn't change it. It's been, it's only, yeah, it's been a relatively short time. It's, it's four years, and but in that four years, I've had incredible experience. You know, I've gained a lot of experience in such a short space of time, and and um, I think that's what stood me in good stead. You know, for I think you got to understand in management that it's very different to being a player. It's very, of course, it is, but the ups and downs, the scrutiny, and it's a different playing field to, to being a player. And I think you've got to try and get your head around the fact of that in management, the ups and downs are going to be a lot higher and a lot lower than they are as a player. I think career spans of managers, we're all fully aware of it. No manager wants that. You know, no manager wants to not be at a club and, and see it through and try and put something in place and have a project. And as, as far as I know, managers that I speak to and hold the respect for is, is they all think the same as, yeah. as what I feel so I think but what you've got to understand is that you've got to put that to one side you know I think you've got to just leave that where it is and emotionally leave that where it is and just focus on what you're doing and trust yourself and I said it all along I feel a, a better manager now than I ever did at the start and I was managing Swansea, Swansea in the Premier League and we, we had a, a 13 game period where we had a relegation fight and um, and then finishing eighth in the in the Premier League, you know, people would think that that side side of it. But I feel a better manager than I ever was then. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Due to my experience, like how I work, how my staff work, how we refine it, like where we're at right now with that. I'm sure in four years' time, I'd say to you, see, and I feel a better manager now. And then if I keep pushing myself and the staff and and what how we try and work, so um, it's a very difficult job. It's not an easy job, but it's one that I love. Mm. And, um, but I'm, as I get more experience, I'm, I've learned a lot as what's important, what's not, you know, and, and try and cut that emotional side of it. You at, know. at what point were you in your playing career when you started doing your badges? I was 26, and the reason why was um, I got a serious knee injury, and I, it scared me because right. I, literally when it happened, the surgeon, everyone said, "There's a chance you might not come back from this." So obviously, sat on that bed, I was a bit like, well. If I don't wake up from this operation and have a football career, what am I going to do? So it scared me. Lucky enough, I had the operation and successful. I got back and, and played a number of years after that. But that was the point that changed my mindset to, 
okay, I don't want to ever be in that position again, you know, feeling like, what will I do? So I started to do my coaching badges and focus on, pay a lot more attention to coaches, <laughs> you know, and I was lucky enough with the managers I had, especially like Brendan, people like that, that they would open up on management and coaching and get, give me a good insight into, I could have, I could go and speak to them, do you know what I mean, and have good chats up to them about how management was for them and different scenarios and things like, you know, you set up like that in that game with tactics, how you spoke at half-time to players and man, man, all those things, I, got, I was very lucky with the managers I had, so I, I got a good insight whilst I was still playing and, um, yeah, and that, from that point I knew that I was going to go into coaching and I knew I wanted to be a manager, but I did think it would come in a, a bit of a different way, but yeah. But look, it's one of them, isn't it? You know, I wouldn't change it. I've learned. I've had a great experience. I've probably had more experience in that four years than a lot of people get in a lifetime. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I understand how difficult it is to get work, and there's a lot of good managers, and everyone's competing. There's a lot more managers and coaches out there now than probably ever, and it's only going to get more and more. So you're competing in a in a really difficult industry, you know, for jobs because the jobs never get more. Yeah. Because there's only a certain amount of clubs, but the amount of people that want the jobs. It's growing and growing and growing all the time. So, um, yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm always I'm grateful for the opportunities I've had. And I've tried to do the best I can with them and yeah. feel that I've done reasonably all right with them. Do you know I me mean, overall? But yeah, I'm still ambitious. I've got a lot more to do, and a lot more to prove. I think. Well, you, was Glenn Huddle in charge when you were at Southampton? Yeah, I had, yeah, yeah, quite you, a few. You'd have been, without putting words in your mouth, I guess it would have been difficult not to have been in awe of someone, someone like that when you were a young lad coming through, was it? Or yeah, it's. Um, so Graham Sooners was the first manager, so he was—he literally wasn't far off from retirement. So he still would join in certain training sessions, and he was. <laughs> Do you stick one on him or not? No, no chance. Going <laughs> in, but it was brilliant. You know, brilliant to watch and see. And then Dave Jones, Gordon Strachan, Glenn Hoddle. Um, yeah, really good experiences. So all of them guys, Glenn Hoddle, yeah, of course. Um, and then obviously at Swansea, we had. Roberto, Paolo Sosa, Michael Laudrup, mm. Brendan Rodgers. So we've had, I've had a real variety of managers. Do you take a bit from all of them? Or? I think, yeah, of course you learn from them because you, I think you learn, you take the good things out of them and then you take the bad things as well. Do you know what I mean? Well, I wouldn't do that. And I think, but the key you know, in this job and especially with myself is you've got to be you. So. Of course, you learn from those guys, and you, you take what good things out of them, and and how they were work. But you've got to make it your own, you know. And I think it's like I said, I was lucky with quite a few of those managers. I could speak to them. You know, they would tell me about mistakes that they had made. Do you know what I mean? And give you a good idea. But I think you you can't imitate someone. You've got to be yourself and your own beliefs, you know. Because when you sit, when you stand and you train in front of a group of players, if they see you imitating, and it's not real, they see it. It has to come from within, you know. So, of course, all those experiences throughout my whole career kind of shapes you as a person, doesn't it? Mm. But you've got to be your own person and how you want to play and how you want to be and how you want to train. But, of course, try and learn from those guys and try and avoid mistakes that maybe, you know, they've made that can help you if you see it coming, you know. So, um, yeah, that's how I kind of look at it. Have you still got sort of, I don't know whether we could even refer to Brendan as a father figure, he's still a relatively young man, but have you, have you still got sort of mentors that you could pick up the phone to and, 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 and you know, the, the people would know and got careers in the game themselves. Yeah, I speak to, I've got a lot of friends in football and, you know, over the years and people that you meet and um, you've got loads of friends and um, 
I'm, I'm not the type that would. I'm not one that would ring someone and ask them about a situation and how they would deal with it. I'm, I'm one that the best way to learn is to deal with it yourself, mm. and um, and then maybe afterwards speak to someone with more experience and say, look, I just faced this situation and I dealt with it like this. Do you know what I mean? You know, from your experience, have you dealt with these situations? Because I think if you rang everyone and said, look, I'm facing this situation, how would you do it? Yes. You're not doing it yourself, you're not learning. So I've done everything since from day one. I've, I've approached everything myself and trying to be use common sense, really, mm. in all of it. And then if I thought something, you know, maybe did that have the right reaction or not? Do you know what I mean? Maybe then I'll, I'll speak to someone and say, look, I've dealt with this situation, this is what it's been. From your experience, have you dealt with something like that? How did you deal with it? You know, so it's, it's more like that. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm not um, I'm not the one that's calling 24. You've got to do the job, you yeah. know, and you've got to do it the way you believe it should be done. And I'm quiet. I spent most of my career dealing with changing rooms. I was captain, so I was dealing with nationalities and different players' personalities and making sure all of that was together. So naturally, my it's my natural instinct to understand how a changing room is working and what type of personalities are in there and I think when you come to management it's understanding how to it's more manage staff as well do you know what I mean and yeah. make their roles clear and it's that side of it which I've really probably taken more advice on than actually what it is the to football side, yeah, yeah the football side of it are you one for for reading about management theory and uh, everything you want to sort of do psychology I'm massive into and mental side of it yeah, um, yeah management all, all types of stuff I enjoy it, I enjoy it. I said I'm quite a proactive guy, so when I get time, <laughs> at this moment we ain't got time, but you know, reading books and watching presentations, speaking to other people, not just in football, but in other businesses and other, you know, other sports, yeah. I, I love that. Mm. And it might not be you ever take anything from that, but if you can take one or two things and interpret into into football, into your management style, into managing people, whatever it is, then how can that not be a benefit? You need to know that, don't you? Is, is there a book or a person now that you would hang, hand your younger self um, 10 years ago? Is that, say again? Is, is, there, is, there, is there a book that, you, that you've read that you, you in, in, in your time in management that you'd maybe give yourself as a younger player 10 years ago and say, oh God, this will serve you well? Or I would, um, i tell you what I would have done. If I'd done... I always think now that the young players, like so, the youth team players, if they they should make a, a, a specific course on coaching for for them, just to them to see. Because I remember when I first did like at 26, I did my my B license, and it was like there was obviously quite a few players that are still playing. Do you know what I mean? First taste of coaching and what actually goes into it, and it's an eye opener. Do you know what I mean? I think everyone when you play as you go out to train, you just you think that, yeah, you pay attention and this is what they want us to do, but you think it's quite simple. You think, oh, I could go and put on a, if I asked you to go and put on a possession drill, you could all put a possession drill on, but you've got to know actually how and why and what you're doing, what's the, how it links to the bigger pit, all these things. So I, I think for youth team players, they should put a special course on that actually links to coaching because then they'd have a massive appreciation of it, that when they actually go out and train, they'd understand, well, these guys here that have, do you know what I mean? What they mm. have to think and what they go through. You'd have a much more. I wish I had that. That bigger picture. I wish I'd had it from 18 and understood what actually goes into coaching a football mm. team and how, how these guys have to think to get us to it. You know what I mean? It would have made me. I always appreciated football, but I think more in the society now, it would make them 100% see training in a different light. I think that's, that, that should be a normal for all 
plus they're gaining enough qualification, plus uh, again, something happens when you're very young, you've got nothing to fall back on, I know they do education on that side of it, but I think something like that would be fantastic. In terms of books and stuff like that, naming ones, I don't know, there's loads in there. I like reading autobiographies, you know, from managers and sports people, I like reading management books. And what was the last one you read? The last one I read was by Alastair Campbell, Winners. Right. Um, I just received a book from a guy that emailed me. Um, it's, it's called The Edge. I don't know if I got it on there. I think it's in my car. It's in the other bag. It's called The, it's called the Edge. I think it's from... Um, I can't remember what managers are on it. It's like... Tom Call, Two Call, from what's Brucey Dortmund. Um, a couple others. Like about high performance environments and that mentality edge that you get like that. So, some, uh, an, an author emailed me, asked me if I'd like to copy, so I've just taken one, so that's the next one. Mm -hmm. I think it's called The Edge. I can show you how we'll go down to the car afterwards. I'll get it out. So, yeah. And of course, you, you're not just a, a football manager, you, you're, you're a dad with young kids as well, aren't you? They're pretty poles apart aren't they and, and one causes a bit of stress on the other I would I would imagine it's, yeah. it's football management isn't an easy life to be a, a father with a young family is it well not again how how management happened for me is quite unique you know I don't think there'll ever be a, a captain of a Premier League team again and that will go the next day while still playing into, into managing a Premier League team and I think I can't see that ever happening again and against his local rival yeah with <laughs> zero experience yeah <laughs> zero experience of management or anything like that I can't see that happening but the other big thing on that was my wife was about two weeks away from having the twins so um, in terms of timing and how it's been yeah I don't think there could have been any more pressure and your plate will never be as full oh my god <laughs> and it's still full now with with the twins and my daughter, who's seven. Um, so yeah, getting that life, it was real difficult to start. I didn't know how to deal with it. And they suffered from it. And, um, and even now we've got to a much better kill, but it's still, this is the bits that people don't see. So it's hard on them as well, do you know what I mean? And if you want to put yourself into it properly and do it properly and everything you got, it, I think I, early days because I said I wasn't experienced you're taking a lot of that home and it's 24 hours a day and I still think like that but I think it's just understanding getting that balance better and better compartmentalise because it was funny when, when I first took the job I, these experienced managers were coming after games managers that I'd seen on TV for years and you know big managers and all these things and a lot of times you know if we're beating them or it was an important game for them and, and they lost the way I, I would be thinking well they're going to come in here and you know, being raging and stuff like that, and they come in quite flippant and fine and, mm. and all right. And I used to think to myself at that point, wow, like, <laughs> do these lot not care? Do you know what I mean? And that's how I used to think because I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. But I can see why now they were like that. It wasn't because they don't care, it's not because they don't give their best. Do you know what I mean? It's because they just know that they've got to try and keep that emotional balance right. Do you know what I mean? And not put them because they know that it's going to affect them and their life. You know what I mean? Mm. So they've got to try and, you know, they've spent years and years of home in that, haven't they? So I could see that and often spoke to them about their home lives and how they're doing. 
they'd say, oh, I can go back and detach. And I used to think, wow, do you do that? Like, I'm sure you're thinking about it. But it's not, and you take that as in like they don't care, but it's not, it's not at all. It's just that they'd learned over the years that they were probably in my position one time and that we were all like you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Taking everything to heart and all those things. So I've learned in a short space of time to deal with that better. I'm still not where I need to be, but much better than what I was when I started. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult in the family as well, but I've got a really supportive family. My wife's great and family and kids and, and um, yeah. And uh, you've, you've moved around in the last sort of 18 yeah. months quite a lot. As yeah, the missus loves me for that. I, I can imagine, yeah. They, they presumably stayed in one place and, and you've... No, they've moved with me. Have it every time. I think um, we're kind of at the thought we've got young kids. It's, no, it's not ideal. Yeah. But my boys are, my twin boys are four and my daughter's seven. I think when it comes to secondary school, when, when my daughter reaches 11, then we both, me and the wife, will feel that, yeah, that's when we don't want to be moving them about, you know. Um, but we, the thing before, is it ideal? No, but they're at the ages where we think, you know, it helps build that resilience and character building as well. And, you know, unfortunately, we've had to probably move a few times more than we would have liked, but I think it's good, that, you know, that character, they have to go in and they have to adapt and, and make new friends. And I think that part of that character, we, we don't think that'll do them any harm, you know, but of course it's difficult on them as well because they start to make good friends and, do you know what I mean, then you have to move. Hopefully we can get more of a settled period, which would be nice, but um, that's part of the job. We, we understand it, so... Um, Hopefully they'll all have Brummie accents in three yeah. and a half years' time. Yeah, yeah. well, um, my daughter especially, she's, her accent's changed. It was Welsh. <laughs> and she went a bit Yorkshire, a bit a bit Northern. <laughs> and now she's going to come out to Brummie. I don't know what accent she's going to end up with. <laughs> she's a bit Just old English or something. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. I'm sure you'll agree there was plenty of information there to go at, not least about Craig Gardner's approach to go-karting. A couple of things stuck out for me. Firstly, the positivity. Monk's trying to engender from his team selection to his tactics to, to, to his training sessions even his demeanour around the club the manager has tasked himself with lifting the mood uh, the one line that sticks out is you can either embrace the challenge or fear it with the belief that the challenge is more manageable if, if met head on uh, and I think we've seen that both in terms as I say in terms of his team selection and his tactics the, the, the two men in midfield the two strikers up front uh, I think that really does just set a tone that Blues are trying to get onto that front foot. Uh, once again, I tried to press him on what might happen next year, even asking him about uh, whether he'll be there um, should the worst come to the worst and, and relegation um, happen. Once again, he was determined not to be backed into a corner on that one. I guess we just have to accept that even contemplating relegation is not in his mindset at this stage. And there are, of course... I suppose there's also owners and directors to factor into that decision-making process. But hopefully, uh, as I say, the worst won't come to the worst and that uh, Monk gets to build from a championship platform uh, over the summer. Well, that's it from this edition of Blue Noise. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I obviously certainly hope as well you'll all be back for the next one. Keep right on.